Jared. Welcome to an episode of Real Talk, Yolanda. I'm so glad um, that we are having this conversation. I uh, and I'm so grateful that when you decided to launch um, your network, which you're, we're going to get into a little bit right now, that um, you know we we connected and we found have found a way to work together. If you could please let our listeners know who you are and and what you do, let's get started right there. All right, I am Yolanda F. Johnson, and I have a few different hats that I wear and therefore titles that I will mention right now. So I am the founder and president of YFJ Consulting, which is a boutique uh, fundraising and philanthropic firm specializing in strategy, events, and operations. I am the first African-American president of Women in Development New York, which is the premier organization, professional organization for women in philanthropy and fundraising in the New York City metro area. And I am the founder of Woke, Women of Color in Fundraising and Philanthropy, which just launched less than two weeks ago. Yeah. But we are well over 100 members strong across the nation and also in Europe, um, even in less than two weeks. So that's really exciting. Well, I think it's super timely. And I know that for anyone listening, of course, I'm joined by Jennifer. I always forget to mention Jennifer, which is not <laughs> cool. Oh, just here. Uh, I'm just a staple. Uh, I'm here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, it's really, see, here's like, I think the interesting aspect of what is happening. I mean, and especially with us as a media company, uh, we have always been very receptive to work in this space just because I operate from a space I, from of collaboration period, especially of collaboration with women like that is I, I have founded, you know, my my businesses on that premise that it was always to give other women opportunities to succeed and uh, to align themselves with um, you know, other business owners, because I own um, the co-founder of ETT Women, and that's the work that we do, just continue to give other women opportunities in whatever space that they wanted to develop those, um, their skill set in, and especially entrepreneurship, which is, um, has a whole different set of um, just a skill set that allows women to create independence, which is one of the main reasons why we um, encourage that. Uh, but in this time that we are living in right now. Um, your organization seems to be responding to a need uh, that ha that has been there. Um, and to hear you say, you know, that you just launched two weeks ago, yet the response has been super um, positive means that obviously people are getting behind the work that you're doing. So um, that is obviously super refreshing to hear as well. And that people understand it and they can, they want to help, they want to get on board, they want to see right you know, what um, they can do. Why is woke so important, especially right now? Well, because at this moment in history and time in our country and our world, really, um, as far as racial inequity is concerned, it's just really at top of mind, at the forefront of things in a way where, you know, people ask me how I feel and I say, I feel quite restless because we might just be on the cusp of real change. And so at this moment, 
uh, now more than ever, woke is important for us to champion and support and celebrate women of color in these professions uh, where we're so underrepresented and also very much underpaid. And so just to provide people with the resources and tools that they need um, to, to change the landscape, we really might change things this time. And that means a lot to me. And it means that I feel this fervor and this restlessness where I just feel like, oh my gosh, what we do in the next month is going to inform what happens over the next few years. So um, now's the time. Let's do it and let's do our best. It's really been um, just interesting how, um, you know, over, because we obviously, aside from the racial, I mean, people call it a, a race war. I, I think it's just, mm. I, I don't want to, I don't want to ever address it as it's a war in the sense that, um, but it, there is this sense of awakening, right? And, and I think that's kind of that I, the word that I've also heard used, and I know that we've, um, in the stories that we've covered over the past few weeks alone about what is happening, is just like this collective reckoning of wrongs that have been done in the past and, you know, making amends and obviously moving forward into a more positive way of doing things. Um, you know, I... I had this, um, again, the word uncomfortable discomfort is, I'm sure you've, <laughs> it's kind of like, it just like <laughs> blah, comes out of your mouth because it's like, okay, we're making you uncomfortable. Um, there, I shared a thread because I, uh, Bella, we partnered with an organization called tolerance.org. Um, and the reason why I'm so pa passionate and so excited about this partnership is because I used to be a former teacher. I, uh, for many years, um, like I always say, like in my past life, I used to teach and I used to teach kids. And I also understood the importance of that role in those children's lives. Education was key. I know how important education was for me in my career. I always say, you know, my father used to always, always tell me education is the one thing that no one can take away from you. It doesn't matter mm -hmm. how rich or poor you are. If you know, if you know something and if you educate yourself and you keep striving, um, there can always be a better way of doing things. Um, and education is key, but to the point of um, what I'm trying to say is I, you know, we have the partnership. We've been aligning ourselves in this way for even before all of this happened. And yet I had someone say, um, you know, well, now it's more, you know, you have to continue to represent um, more black and brown people. And I'm like, I'm a brown person, by the way, just so you know, I understand what the challenges have been. Um, I understand the plight. Uh, and I also know that we can always do more. And, and I think that's where everyone is kind of at, right? Like we know that we need to do something or we know that we need to address this issue. What exactly can we do? in your position and the obviously the 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 membership community that you just launched uh what can people do well for the people of color they're mm -hmm. joining and becoming part of this it is primarily for the women of color and fundraising and philanthropy of course yes. that's our focus uh just empowering them through programming professional development financial literacy wealth building all of those things that will give them that um, that extra step ahead, you know, towards success or continuing success. Uh, we also, for 
allies, I call them, so if you're not a person of color, I had received so much outreach from allies and on a recent uh, panel discussion that I moderated on racial equity and fundraising and philanthropy, I just mentioned that we were going to start having that conversation and the response was overwhelming. So it uh, just one thing led to another. We already sort of had a framework in place We'll be launching the Allies in Action Network for non-people of color to use their privilege and their resources to help further women of color in the professions wherever possible. Um, it has an accountability component to it, so it's not just to check off a box and say, you know, people want to feel good right now. This is the news cycle, but this yeah. work has yeah. to continue. And yeah. so that's what yeah. we're hoping uh, and planning to do there. But really just providing the space in this community for women of color to, to come together and, and network and get to know each other and keep pushing in those seats at the table. That's what you always hear me say is there's room for all of us at the table. And if there's not room, then come on with me and we'll nudge a little seat mm -hmm. yeah. there we'll together make, because that's we'll what it's all about is uplifting each other. I love I, that because we always talk about, you know, ways that people can get involved and ways that people can help. And we talk about allies a lot and like, what are the right things? You know, what should we be doing? What are the steps we can take? So I love that you're implementing that. I think that'll be a great resource. Thank you. Yes, you know, and it's a delicate and fine line because African-Americans especially the reaction to things are all over the place. And so, and, and all of them are valid. All of them are valid. And what you will also hear me say in absolute transparency and earnest is that it is not an African-American person's or a black person's responsibility to educate a white person about racism. <laughs> but I do say that um, if people come to you in earnest and they want to do better, and they want to help, and you have the same desired end result, then I'm willing to have that conversation uh, to keep the momentum moving forward, because this is not, as a colleague of mine said, this is um, not an event, it's a lifestyle. Racial yeah. equity is not yeah. an event, it's a lifestyle, something that has to, to be systemic. Yeah, and um, I really, I find that fascinating, uh, the statement that you just made, uh, because it, you know, you I, I feel like, there's so many different types of conversations that we're having around this topic specifically, and some of them get very contentious and some of them, you know, and, and to your point about valid reactions from people of color, um, from black people, just in, in their reactions to what is going on uh, and the validation that they're, um, that they should be having to reacting the way that they're having. Um, I think my stance in, in a way though, has been um, while I see the struggle, and I and I and I've seen the struggle. I've experienced the struggle because I've had been discriminated upon, not just by my race, by just by my color, but also because I've been a woman in a position of power to do something, and I had you know different um, you know contenders for that same spot, and it just happened to be a guy who. Uh, probably a white guy and, and and if I remember correctly but to the point and at that time I took it as a gender thing as opposed to a race thing um but there's injustices of so many different um kinds to the point of 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 race um you know I think you know when we have these conversations and we've been having them uh, obviously more often than we went than we should have been um, and we're going to continue to be having them because um, my goal you know I've been asked at least three times over the past few weeks you know what's your intention with this I said first of all I've been doing this from the moment that I've 
purchase this magazine. Mm -hmm. uh, inclusion, diversity is not even something that is, um, like it's a part of our collective work from the get-go. Like we have, we didn't just start you know, uh, featuring black people on in our magazine. Like I, that's, we didn't just start doing that. We've been doing that. Um, but however, I know that we can always do more and we can always um, dramatically shift the, these conversations of discomfort um, because I think that's where a lot of people are just staying is in their own personal discomfort with the issue at hand. And we won't be able to move any kind of needle forward. We won't be, if, if we continue to take these conversations personally. Um, and although to your point, it isn't a black person's pers uh, responsibility to educate anyone on racism. I, per, I just, and this is just my opinion. I think we all have the responsibility to educate ourselves period on the topics that are of um, number one, common sense, <laughs> which are, kindness, common courtesy, human decency. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we can get into the deeper level stuff, right? But it's like, you wouldn't, um, and, and, I, and I guess I'm coming at this from a place of, you know, what all the backlash and all of the discord that there is, especially in the online space, you know, the, yeah. you're, you're, I mean, you can't but be subjected to the negativity because every time you either either flip your phone open, there's another news line headline of, you know, some company that's being ousted for racist behavior or some brand or some influencer or some person. Um, but in this discomfort, you know, um, what, what do we do? Like, what is, what do we do? Yeah. Well, I think that, uh, I just, happened to write an article that's going to be published in the next day or so in the Chronicle of Philanthropy mm -hmm. on DEI, and I called it from the inside out. Mm -hmm. uh, Women in Development has a diversity and inclusion task force final report. It's a, a task force that I launched with a couple of other people two years ago, and it just culminated. And it shows, like, you have to start at home, right? Yeah. So um, with measurable, smart goals, not talking big and bad about all the things that you're going to do because if you do that in a public forum you're going to lose credibility so just get the buy-in from the people at the top um if it's an organizational or corporate company type of thing but for us personally i say education legislation action yeah. so educate yourself understand what's going on and what we're talking about um Educate yourself about nonprofits and other organizations and partners that are championing this work. There's a lot out there. Like none of us has the excuse of there not being the yeah, resources yeah. out there. And so legislation, I don't get into politics, but I say in this year in particular, if you really want to talk about change, the way to en enact real change is to make sure you vote. I actually am making some people promise me that in their local elections and in the presidential election this year, they will cast a vote. They will make their voice heard through that. No matter if it's weird and they have to mail it in or who knows what's going to happen with it this yeah. year. But, um, and, and then taking action in a way that's personally meaningful for the individual. That's going to yeah. vary. It could be big or small, but it has to be something that's going to not be a one-off. So if you're a director level at a company, you're going to 
institute a DEI program, you're gonna do an anti-racism seminar, you're gonna do something, you're gonna make sure you talk to your HR department and that you're gonna diversify your whole workforce at that company and you're gonna find real ways to do that, not tokenism, but real inclusion, because that's the whole meaning of inclusion, right? Is that you really do have a place here and it's not just to, to look good to the outside world. And on a personal level, you know, if you every dollar counts to different charities that are working on things, change it in your own life. You know, take, there's one program called Undoing Racism. And it's like everybody's in tears when that's over. It's a two day kind of program and digs deep, but it's like, find your own unconscious bias and, and change that, think differently. Even for me, you know, I, I know a lot of people, you do too. And sometimes we have just back pocket Rolodex network people that we know are good at their jobs. And so we need a printer, we call them. Yeah. It has to be an Italian man or whoever it is. And they're great yeah. people yeah. and nice people. They do a good job. So you work with them. So with WID, that's one of the things we try to organically do is where are the women of color in these same fields and the people of color? Can I find experts that are that are diverse? It's really interesting that you're saying that because something that we've always, um, and, I, and I do this, and I say this from the um, ETT women's standpoint, just because my whole advocacy was always for women. I never, it was never about, you know, women of color, or women, it was just women, period. I wanted to always be supportive and look into my network first. Okay, what woman do I know here? What woman do I know in this yeah. space? But now it's all the more important to also make it a point to reach out to that minority, to that group uh, of people that, you know, and, and people of color specifically, uh, to really seek them out um, and, you know, and be a su of support to them. Because uh, as you've said, and that's something that I've seen across multiple conversations is that um, investment is key, money, because there's, a, there's, a, there's this huge... Um, disconnect uh, with the advancement of people of color and understanding that the wealth has always been reserved for a group of people and it's always been mm -hmm. the same group of people. It makes me think of, you know, and in terms of, of that, it's like um, when I think of, you know, my upbringing and just how I grew up, it, 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 it was always that comparison. Um, for the reason that I decided to even leave my country in the first place, it was like the money is with this group, this, these three families that own everything and that's it. You, and if you're not, if you don't marry into that family, if you don't work into that, like you're done, you have no shot in hell at making it in any way in this country because they dominate pretty much the entire rest of the Island. And you know, that's, that was like Island mentality. Right. And you know, going back to what my father said, education, I always knew that there was more, there was more of this, like there was more for me to do and explore. And as a woman, I was like, you know, I'm not a trope, I'm not going to become this, you know, housewife that just is there and is subjected to just being more, you know, and to those of you listening before you <laughs> shoot me down, uh, there is merit and there is power into a stay at home mom. I, I actually commend yeah. you. I've been living it for the past four months and it's been the four most difficult months of my life um, because I've been tasked with having to balance all of this, you know, work, children, homeschooling out. However, it's not my preferred choice. I'd rather go to work. Like that's just, that's just, yeah. I've been always very clear about that. Um, to the point though of, you know, where it all begins, it genuinely begins with, 
each individual person. It starts with you. And you actually might surprise yourself uh, with regards mm-hmm. to unconscious biases that you have, that you were like, oh yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not racist or I'm not da da da. And um, tolerance.org actually has a survey um, that they recommended that we actually send to our team members. And, and they were like, don't, don't do that publicly. <laughs> share it, share it in private and let everybody kind of like do right, their own, right. take, take their own exam. And then you reconvene and discuss because nobody wants to be called out or singled out, um, you know, in a public forum, just like you said, because I also don't think that that's the most effective way to create change. We've always said, you know, um, as a leader, when you're trying to reprimand one of your colleagues or whatever, you don't do it in a public setting. You call that person into a one-on-one and you address the situation. However, however, there is this trend of calling out racist behavior, discriminatory behavior that we are all experiencing. You can't help but see it every single day. It's happening every day in all different aspects. Like what what can you say about that um, with regards to you know, if we really want to shift the conversation and want to encourage other people to be allies, um, how is this call-out culture serving us, if it is or if it's not? Like the call-out and cancel culture? Yes. Because they kind of go hand in hand. Yes. Well, it's tough, isn't it? Because I have always adhered to having a a personal conversation with someone if you can um because sometimes you end up having teachable moments in in that and you give them a shot and it's a golden rule thing right um do unto others as you would have done unto you so what would we want to happen i've thought of that a lot lately from things that have happened to people you know i'm glad that you're saying that because what i have said to people in response to that is like i just know that you would want the same courtesy afforded to you if you were the person on the other end, on the receiving end of that. And I don't think that it is um, conducive to the change that we're all wishing to see. Um, I do agree that yes, if it's something that is abusive, toxic, to the point where it's like physically harming, 100%. However, you have genuinely amazing people and i know because i'm working with them um uh i i have family members who are now like oh waking up. i get it oh i now understand what that actually means um i didn't think about it that way because at the same time you're dealing with your or, or you're you're confronting um situations that you've never confronted before this is all even for us, I know that for me, um, this is all also new. It's like I've had private conversations about discrimination and and racism with myself in private with people. I've never had them in a public forum, you know, like I've never had them in an open setting where now it's kind of becoming like, oh yeah, let's talk about, you know, this specific topic. So I don't, I, I think I'm finding myself in that kind of like dance of one foot in, in one foot out. like is this really conducive to the change that we really wish to see well in in the future right and to clarify i think there is a place for both when we're yes. talking about individuals who may say something 
you know, you might want to give them an opportunity to clarify. And yeah. then if it's still not something that sounds quite right, then you might have to call that out. Yeah. There are some things that are blatantly obvious because they can't walk it back because they said it in public. Yeah. And then you have to react to it in public yeah. because it's like, you know, but, um, and then there are situations of bullying. Like we yeah. just saw one, I won't name names, but you know, there was a really interesting and surprising situation with a black Canadian um, lifestyle blogger person, yeah. you know, and then some other people are involved in that. And that's kind of like, well, you did have an opportunity to have a private moment and talk about it and maybe rectify it that didn't get rectified in private. And yeah. so then it went public. Yeah. Because yeah. you can't allow yourself to ever be bullied behind the scenes as well. So I think we have to deal with it on a case by case basis. I just know that nobody's perfect and when you mess up, sometimes you actually are sorry and, and, and maybe, you know, let it go if somebody apologizes, but um, words are different than actions. And so I look a lot at people's actions. And so if you can, yeah, if you had a blip yeah. on your life screen and you messed up, okay, maybe I'll give you a little bit of slack. But if you're not, and you're just out there spewing venom and hate and whatever else is going on, then people show you who they are. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And, and, and they show you and, and, and here's the thing, cause I've had, I had this conversation, um, with regards to the LGBTQ community, uh, last week I had someone in my own community. I had shared, um, something with regards to the rollback in healthcare, uh, for LGBTQ rights. And I was devastated. I was like, what the hell is going on here? Like, this is not human this is not humane like now a doctor can can choose if he decides to treat you or not because based on your uh like on your on your sexual orientation like that's just to me it was just not cool and i had one person and another person share what i had shared but actually be happy about it and twisting my language in the oh. post in the okay. post and i was like uh-uh <laughs> I went in and I was like, and I found myself in a public, cause you, it, it's public, it's on Facebook, it's whatever. Um, if you're going to share my post, share my post, don't twist my words, don't twist my language. And so in the comment session, I said, please don't censor my, my words. Like, please do not, uh, twist my words. So she deleted it. Two hours later, I went back and I said, no, no, no. If you're going to share my post, you can't change my like what i you know what i what what my, the commentary that was attached it. to it you can't change it like that's not cool go on to your own create your own post and then share it but don't use my words and then twist them to your convenience I was like that's not cool and um we went back and forth a little bit in private then uh because she took it off of the public forum you know my friends are not used to um these online attacks and i said it started the minute that you switched my words. It's like, don't, don't do that. Like you can't, right. uh, you can't do that. And I have no problem having a private conversation with you, but if you're going to publicly share what I said, then yeah. that's, that's where you're going to get the heat. So I guess I'm correcting my own self, right. And the whole call out culture is there, there are instances and there are instances. Um, so I just wish that in a general sense, people would afford each other the courtesy of, uh, grace which we spoke spoke to um someone before on another conversation was because i know that if you were on the receiving end you would want it afforded to you um you talk about allyship and i think that's like the big 
question and the big kind of unknown for a lot of people. And I know that you're launching this Allies in Action, um, uh, you know, part of the work that you're doing. Um, what does an ally actually look like? If you could speak to that well, a little bit. You know, it's interesting also because of the semantics of it all. Yesterday, yeah. somebody was telling me, are you sure that, that I shouldn't be called an accomplice? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, there's so many words. And then I was talking to somebody else another time talking about allies and they were like, it should be champions. And I'm like, yeah. you know what? I'm not going to fight you over word choice. Um, and that's, that is why we have the word action along with it because mm. I immediately go back to World War II. Actually, you know, when the whole world banded together against evil, systemic evil and racism came together and, and took care of it, you know, together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in a strategic sort of way. And so that's what really um, comes to mind for me in that respect. And so an ally is a person who is dedicated to using their privilege and their resources to further the work of woke and to champion women of color in fundraising and philanthropy. So I'll give you an example. It could be the head of a foundation, someone who has a lot of resources. They're going to make sure that um, most of the time when it comes to an organization or a company, it's gonna be starting from the inside out. What does my company look like? And have I really thought about this before? Who is my development and my philanthropic team and my advisors? What do they look like? You know, it's the same sort of thing we talked about with vendors. What, what do things look like and how should they look if I'm serious about this? What is the norm and how do we change that norm um, in a systemic sort of way? So in the Allies in Action group, they're going to engage, and again, it's education, legislation, action. So we're gonna provide some anti-racism, unconscious bias education for them to really look inside themselves, look inside their workplaces, their families, wherever they are, their networks, and see what's going on, take an honest assessment. Um, they're making a promise to vote in elections and then to take the action. So once you've done the assessment and educated yourself, what's the best next step? What's a solid plan for actually enacting change in a realistic and meaningful way? We're not asking people to be Superman and Superwoman and do everything all at once because those are the types of situations where people burn out. And it's like yeah. so much yeah. so fervently at first. And then they're like, I already did my part. <laughs> and that that's what we want to avoid is, but I did that yeah. thing a year ago. So I'm a good person. I'm not a racist. It's like, no, this is a lifestyle. Just yeah. think of and, things differently now. And, and that's, that's the key, I think, um, to not losing the momentum in, in, in all of this is to understand that this is not something that, um, you know, I, I keep referring back to uh, this Michael Shea clip that I shared when he literally, it's like a comedy bit where he explains the all lives matter versus black lives matter. And it, like, he just breaks uh -huh. it down to where you, like, if you don't get it after you watch that, then I don't even know like what else to tell you. But he goes into, um, right. He goes no, it was into, good. And he was funny because it was so common sense. It was so common sense, right? Um, yeah. and, and typically we find hilarious and tr hilarity and truth, right? And so some people tell me like, oh my God, yeah. you're hilarious. You're, I'm, they'll say to me like, oh my God, you're so funny. And I'm like, what? Because I'm telling you the truth. Like I'll, I'll, I'll give people like an opinion about something and it's like, it's my truth, it's the truth. And they're like, oh, you're so funny. I'm like, no, I'm not joking. This is what it is, right? Um, but he says that, you know, black people just, they, they get over things very quickly. And that hit 
that hit me um, because he says, you know, typically when there's a police shooting uh, or there's something uh, that makes, you know, the country go up in arms, two weeks later, we're back to square one. Um, and what feels different, because you addressed it in the beginning, that um, I think that the most different, the biggest difference of this is that you can't, if you didn't watch the video, you can't, you can't unsee what you just saw. You can't unsee it. You can't, I, and I, obviously it's gotten better over the past few days, but for the last several weeks, I could not get George Floyd's expression out of my mind. It was such a, a it was just such, but not just the expression. It was the act that you have people around him screaming to let this man go and nothing happened. And it's like, you cannot unsee that. And I think that that's the, um, the discomfort, right? In, in the conversation is because you watched it, you saw it, you can't deny that you didn't see it. You, and, if, and, if you, and if you're justifying that, then we have bigger issues to discuss. Um, and it's every single day and it's in the, in the, in the simplest forms. And it's like, it's no longer accepting the racial inadequate joke. It's no longer uh, accept it's, and it's really taking a seat and going, you know, and looking at things from, you know, okay, so how can we make this situation more inclusive, more diverse, or who are we buying our, um, you know, t-shirts from, or who are we getting our printing from? Like it, it really is a, a, a deeper look into how we operate on a daily basis um, with every single thing. So um, I, I know myself, I am encouraged by a lot of the things that I am seeing. Um, I, I assume that you are too, because otherwise woke would not exist, right? We're seeing that um, people obviously are in that space and mindset of taking action. Um, and in a lot of ways, you know, I, I feel like there's just colleagues and friends of mine who just still are in a sense afraid because they're afraid of the backlash um, in doing anything uh, or in doing something, but in not doing anything, you're also being complicit. Then you're being an accomplice and a part of the issue at hand. Yeah. Inaction is the worst possible action. Yeah. And that's... Yeah, and, and, and that's where I think, um, I know that I've had colleagues who have private messaged me, you know, the, you know, they want to say something, they want it, but they don't, they don't know what, and also they don't want to say the wrong thing, um, which is also part of, you know, my thing is like, you know, at the end of the day, we're all humans, we're trying to do the best that we possibly can um, with what has been dealt with us right now. And it's a problem that we all know has existed forever. And it's time to just nip the shit in the butt and like, finally, right? Once and for all. And that I hope, you know, my children who are 11 and eight now in 10 years can, you know, look back on this and be like, wow, that, ha what, what were you guys? I can't believe that that's what you guys were fighting about. Cause it's like a non-issue I'm praying. I'm hopeful. Yeah, we're going to look <laughs> back at this time and say pandemic and then racial justice. You know yeah. what? But one thing sort of leads to the other sometimes. And this is, it's really been quite something, right? That's literally, we, we talked to someone the other day who said, you know, what would finally create a change? And she said, I, mean, I won't use as colorful wording as she did, but 
complete and utter chaos. Like yeah. there needs to be a yeah. breakdown of, of everything in order to of change. Everything. Yeah. And it was, and it's literally what we're experiencing right now. We are experiencing it in all different ways where, um, I, I would like to believe that this is, you know, from a spiritual standpoint, because that's how I approach my life. It's a purge of everything that has just been going wrong. And the universe, the universe is trying to, you know, reset itself into making things right. But it takes each and every one of us to get on board, right? And to do our part in that whole, um, you know, process of change. Um, what is your biggest um, goal right now? Like, what do you wish to see immediately with everything that you are working towards and, you know, with the conversations that you're having? Um, what is your, like, on your first to do? Well, um, in this launch phase, we just really want to have a successful entry into um, the work that we're doing. I'm really excited. Uh, one of the elements of Woke is also to have a library where as many possible publications about women of color and people of color are all together in one. Uh, in the workplace, we've got amazing reports from Catalyst, which is workplaces that work for women. Uh, we've got academic institutions. We've got some really great resources there. Uh, so that's for the world to have, you know. That may not ever end up go behind a member wall because I really want people to have access to it. Um, but we really want to enact the change. The time is now. This is a really critical, pivotal moment in our nation's history. And I want to see as many women of color at that table. And whatever tables I sit at, I'm joining another board this week even. And I'm like, I have to look at that. We have to just change the way we think and, and, and do better in enacting that change. Whatever we can do personally to, to make those seats at the table, I think is really important. So the seed is planted, we're watering it, we're moving forward. We're gonna provide that professional development, that support, that networking, um, and we're gonna see how we can help women of color do the good work. This is the good work, either fundraising or on the philanthropic end. Well, we're super excited to be part of uh, this entire process. I know that, um, again, it was just a matter of um, continuing to align ourselves as a company and just also as a person, you know, to causes that are near and dear to my heart. But, um, you know, I'm all about let's do the right thing. Uh, and, and that's how I, I have always approached, you know, difficult situations um, in business and even um, in the landscape of the media world that I'm in, um, you know, I've had to make some decisions based on, you know, what, what is this going to be, this publication going to be remembered for, you know, continuing to follow the trend or to doing the right thing. And, um, you know, when things have really gone astray where we can't even get a photo shoot together for a cover or a celebrity. Um, and you know, the conversation is like, well, celebrity status isn't really the focus of our attention right now. And this is, you know, where we, and, and the thing is knowing that, and I, and I don't like to take like sole power cause I, I really rely on my team to make these decisions, yeah. um, that we have the power to shift the the dynamic of how 
this industry operates because we do it's in our hands like it's not i'm you know ultimately i get like like i get the last word but we have the ability to do that mm-hmm. um and um just to your point of making conscious decisions and choices about who we hire it's like you know in the media landscape is like anybody who's telling you that they can't they they're they're lying because we do we do have the the power to to shift we have the ability to um completely change the way things have been done before which i'm excited because we're doing it and not only in doing it has it Mm -hmm. continued to kind of like restore my faith not just in our industry but in humanity in a sense Uh, i'm excited for what we are creating and how it's going to be received because it's it's amazing work and it's um you know it's stemmed from uh, the ultimate you know feeling which is love you know we want to not only are we passionate about what we do but we love others and we want to do right by others so um i'm excited and i'm excited to be a part of woke and um in any way shape or form that not just myself but my team can also be of help and support and allyship to 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 you we're here and and i can't wait to continue to see what we do together because it's a lot (laughs) it's a lot and it's not going to happen overnight no right but to take this step together in the right direction together and so i personally and woke appreciate so much um your and and bella's support of our work so far um and look forward to continuing to work together yeah i think it's gonna be uh exciting and obviously we're gonna you know continue to find ways to continue to work together and to highlight um obviously the biggest thing that we can offer with obviously through our platform is you know, giving um, space and um, visibility to uh, women of color, especially. So um, I'm proud and excited to be a part of it all. You know, we're, we all are. We, we really are just blessed and fortunate that we, that the interwebs work that way, right? That I got yeah. the email. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, um, where can people find uh, you, Joanna? Where can people learn more? Um, and you know, how can people get involved? You can learn more about Woke at the website, which is www.woc-fp.com. So just like women of color, hyphen fundraising philanthropy.com. You can learn um, all about us, the great advisory committee of which you are a member. And, um, and then on June 30th, you know, all roads are leading to this virtual event where you can also RSVP for that event. It's totally free. It'll be fun. Um, lots going on that day. A great panel discussion on sisterhood between women of color. And, uh, and then things are going to take off from there. We're going to launch the full site on June 30th where you'll be able to access the articles. And uh, We've got some great articles coming up from some experts on lots of different topics and the library and our first events in July. So it'll be great. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, Alanda, for your time. Yes. It's been super, um, always enlightening to talk and, and have even more of these conversations because, you know, in having them, we're normalizing these topics and hopefully normalizing, you know, equality for everyone and right. inclusion. And um, that's, you know, we're, we're, we're hoping to be part of uh, the change as change. well. So thank you. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you for having me.